Welcome to the Runners Connect Run to the Top Extra Kick Extra Kick Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Extra Kick Podcast brought to you by Runners Connect. I'm Coach Laura, and I'm here with you today to give you five tips for spring training over the winter. Training over winter for a spring race faces completely different set of challenges than training over summer for a fall race. Notably, if you live somewhere with snow and ice, your footing is changed, and so is the number of locations available to you for a workout. You may find yourself doing workouts on a small maintained loop or moving workouts inside to an indoor track or treadmill. There's also the challenges you face where it might be significantly hotter and more humid come race day than it was throughout the majority of your training. And finally, the days are so much shorter, you may find yourself running in the dark day in and day out, and that provides its own challenges as well. So let's jump in and see how we can overcome those challenges to succeed. First, finding a place to run. This is perhaps the most challenging aspect of winter training for those of us in a cold, snowy, icy climate. You have a few choices for staying outside. First is finding somewhere that has been cleared of snow. Cemeteries are great for this. So is the sidewalk near schools and hospitals or large plots of privately owned land who allow the general public to use their space. All of these places are kept clear of snow for one very good reason. They don't want to get sued. So it's perfect for running. Depending on where you live, you may also have public parks or trails that are also kept cleared. If you have none of those places near you and absolutely cannot find a clear space to run, you can certainly run in the snow. When researching for this podcast, I always find articles that say that you want to run on well-packed snow. But my decades of experience tell me the exact opposite. Well-worn trails can become slick and bumpy at the same time, and you're just asking for a rolled ankle or a slip and fall. Instead, I prefer fresh snow or simply off to the side of the packed snow on the trail. Sure, your feet will get wet, but that's where some waterproof shoes and quality socks come in. Yes, it's more tiring, but consider it a better strength workout and remember in the winter that you want to slow down and go by feel rather than what your watch says. Sometimes indoors is the only option. I personally prefer the indoor track over the treadmill, but I have put in some 20 milers on the treadmill in winter's past and it's not so bad as long as you're prepared. You'll need a lot to drink. It's probably hot and dry in your fitness room or gym. A hand towel is always handy to wipe sweat off yourself so you're not dripping over the machine and making it slippery. Some podcasts or an audiobook goes a long way in passing the time, but so does convincing a friend to get on the machine beside you. Number two, preparing for spring weather. This is also a big one. Again, if you live somewhere that is cold and crisp in the winter, but your goal race is anywhere from, say, April onwards, you could face a hot race day. The spring is notoriously unpredictable, especially in places like Boston. Check out the race weather history for the last 10 years and see the variety. How on earth do you plan for that? For cold, wet, and windy race days, you're all set from training outside throughout the winter but for hot and humid days, you may find yourself in a bit of trouble. Acclimatizing as best as possible to warm weather is going to help you no matter the race day conditions. The best way to do this is to overdress and run inside. 
You want your body to feel like it's as hot as it would be midsummer, even if it's frigid outside. Spend some time in a wet sauna before and after your runs and get used to breathing in the humid climate. And if you're one of those lucky people who's able to get away for a week or two on vacation, finding time to get your runs in while visiting a hot place will help for sure. The key is to be prepared for anything. Three, staying positive in dark times. This is perhaps the most underreported issue of winter training. If you work a nine to five, or if you have kids, chances are you don't see sunlight on your weekday runs or even weekend runs with family activities. And the lack of sunlight can be downright depressing. It's reported that as many as 10% of Americans are vitamin D deficient. Try adding a vitamin D supplement to your diet and consider a sun lamp for at home or the office. I have a sun lamp alarm clock that mimics the rise of the sun to wake me up and can be really beneficial, especially on early mornings. Number four, feeling it out. If you listen to the podcast regularly, you know I like to hammer home the importance of feeling out your paces and effort and workouts. This is especially true in the winter when perhaps running in the dark, wind, snow, or freezing rain. Break your workouts down into feels like. So if you're a 40-minute 5K runner and you're doing a workout at 5K pace, be sure to keep that effort at 5K effort rather than pushing too hard and still not hitting the original paces. Remember, your coach schedules paces assuming perfect conditions. I also want to add in about heart rate here. I'm finding a lot of runners are over-relying on what their watch says their heart rate is and less on what they're feeling. I must stress that heart rate monitor on your watch is not perfectly accurate. And if you're basing your workouts and races on what your watch says your heart rate is, you're leaving fitness on the table. If you're interested in your heart rate data, record it, but take it off of your data screen and use it only after the run as information not data on the go. And remember, if you're using a wrist-based heart rate monitor and have it on top of three layers of clothes, it's not accurate at all. And finally, number five, gear. Gear is the key to success in winter running. You want to be warm, but not too hot. Unless, of course, you're trying to acclimatize for warmer racing. You want to be dry, but not waterproof, and you want good shoes. So how do you manage all that? From the top down, keep your head and neck warm, but we'll keep the rest of your body warm. And that's where we lose the majority of our heat. I like to layer a toque and earband over a baseball hat. The brim of the hat is perfect for stabilizing a headlamp in the dark and keeping snow and rain out of my eyes. Something around your neck, especially the back of your neck and tucked into your jacket, will prevent a lot of heat loss. These items are also easy to quickly pull off and tuck in or carry when you get too hot and quickly vent off some of that heat. Keeping your core warm is important too. A good wicking base layer goes a long way. If I'm going to spend money on any winter gear, it's a wicking top and good socks. The rest can be layers of your usual fall running gear. Get that moisture away from your body. But don't pick a waterproof jacket. This is a major mistake. If water can't get in, moisture also can't get out. That means all of your sweat is sitting on you and cooling. If you wear a 
waterproof jacket in the cold, you'll find you come home to icicles inside your jacket. And I'm not kidding. Pants or tights are important too. You can get bum warmer underpants that I'd highly recommend. And then it's really a personal preference on the thickness or number of layers you wear for your pants or tights. Gloves are just as important as your head and neck. I like to layer a pair of magic gloves under a good pair of mittens. Again, if I get too hot, I can remove a layer, but there's nothing worse than your toes on a And for your feet, for shoes, there's a lot of choices to be made. So I'm actually going to release a different podcast on that tomorrow. But socks are so important. If you wear animal products, wool is your best friend. Get some good wool socks that have a comfortable ankle height for you. I prefer crew cut in the winter because socks over my calves I find restrictive, but it's really up to you. I would advise against ankle socks, however, because you really don't want any exposed skin. Those are my five tips for winter running for spring training. Tune in tomorrow and we'll talk about winter footwear. Until next time, I'm Coach Laura. Have a good run today.